everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in all things crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going it's going pretty good i'm just i'm glad i'm here yeah we're glad you're here too yeah i will apologize to all of you in advance for this voice but it's the best i've got <laughs> pretty sultry you could be getting a little work right now in some um, right you know like romance novel audiobook narration oh i was gonna say working on a different kind of hotline but okay uh, well that. there's that too yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's really nice to have you back though my gosh i was gone and you're gone it's just I nice know. to get let's get back on the back in our usual uh usual uh routine here where is the normalcy where is the normal? We've been like stable Mabel for the last two and a half years. And then, <laughs> then it all goes to hell in one month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, welcome, Barbara, Amy, Smiling, RJ, Fran. If you're just tuning in, feel free to join the chat either on our in our Facebook page, Facebook group, or uh, from our YouTube channel. But we're so glad to have you all here. And yeah, we're all glad to see Katie back, aren't we? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. I actually feel quite good. I know I sound bad. The cough is just the last thing to go. But mm, it is. It is. Hey, Amanda, Jessica, uh, Donna. Thank you. Good to see you all for being. You know, thanks for being here. With this is our Wednesday night case update show, and we've got a lot. Oh man, so let's let's start with some really good news. Yeah. Uh, Adnan Syed, guys. Uh, they have dropped all charges against him. So yeah. not only has he been released from prison, but he will not be retried. It's over. And so now I hope the gigantic batrillion, jabillion, gabillion dollars uh, lawsuit that he gets to, that he can file to take very good care of him and his family for the rest of his life because he's certainly deserves that after being held for 22 years for a crime he did not commit. The DNA came back and the DNA that they've been hanging on to for all this time. Yeah, guess what? Doesn't match, Adnan. You know how long they've had this DNA? Well, as long as he's been in prison and they never uh, processed it back then. Nope. It was a huge fight to ever get it processed. I'm sure because they knew it was going to prove what everybody knows, which is he didn't do it. He didn't kill Heyman Lee. No. Yeah. No, but I sure hope they can use that DNA now to figure out who did. Well, that would be nice. Now that they're finally admitting that it wasn't him, yeah. maybe they could actually look for the real killer. Wouldn't maybe that they be something? Could. You know, this happened in our community uh, just a couple of years ago. And once the man who'd served 20 years in prison for a rape and murder that he did not commit was finally released and they had DNA that could prove that he, in fact, did not do it. 
they did use that DNA to find the man who did. And he is now behind bars for that murder. So that's good news. Right? Those people should be prosecuted. Right? Because this was prosecutor. This was a prosecutor or an office of prosecutors that held this information back. Violated Adnan's uh, constitutional rights. We're going to see some some fallout from this for sure. For sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Thank you, great news, Kitty. Why don't you give us a little update on what happened with Alex Jones today? <laughs> this is good news. Really. <laughs> oh, Alex, you're not going to be able to afford, afford, afford ramen noodles by the time this is over. Right. Infowars will be no more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it could not have gone worse for Alex Jones today in court. Mm -hmm. Now, this was the second of the three. He's not done yet. Mm -hmm. uh, trials, uh, you know, that have been filed in defamation against him for, you know, basically trying to claim that the Sandy Hook children never existed, that this was all just a big government hoax and all the stupid shit he said, which of course resulted in a lot of heartache for these already hurting families and harassment and death threats and, you know, just an echelon of absolute ridiculous bullshit. And we know that in June-ish, uh, the first trial came down and he was left owing about $50 million to the first families. So this big one came through. He's been an unbelievable douche this entire time, oh. which I know comes as no surprise to anyone. But Because that is what he is at all times, day and night, apparently. He goes to court during the day, and then at night he gets on his little show and talks a bunch of shit, which I am sure his attorneys do not appreciate, but whatever. Uh and in this case, he's talked a lot of shit on the judge. And the prosecutor <laughs> has just repeated it all in the courtroom right to the judge's face. It has been glorious. <laughs> but oh, I guess this guy. That the jury felt a little protective of everyone that this complete and utter asshole has hurt because they decided that in total, he was going to be owing $965 million in damages. I mean, that's almost a billion dollars. That is fucking insane and it wonderful. I wish we could be popping champagne. Never has anyone deserved this more than this guy. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. So this is just um, compensatory damages. Uh, punitive damages are still coming. It's not even done. <laughs> yeah. But he owes so much money. Oh, my God. So he was on his show today, today, whining and crying about money and grifting his audience some more. And you know, I don't feel sorry for them anymore. Mm -mm. I don't. How much do you have to get grifted before you knock it off and yeah. stop giving these people money? I mean, at this point, right? there is no helping these people. No, there isn't. There isn't. To see how this has all gone down and the horrible things that he said and still send him money. 
and it's still saying, I mean, he's just never going to stop. But the, uh, the other thing that got me is that, uh, he was assuring people on his show today that don't worry, the money you send me right now is not going to go to those people. We'll have two years of appeals before I have to give them anything if I ever do. Yeah. So don't worry. You can send me money right now. And it'll, I'll use it for, you know, I don't know, buying a big yacht or some stupid crap. But yeah, just, then add the court costs. I mean, there's yeah. still so much more money to go. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes, oh, he's, uh, yes, he did say, yeah. He was just saying those things to invoke conversation. Mm-hmm. And then other times he said that he absolutely believes that every bit of it is true. And then on another interview that he was on, he uh, went off and, and said he's the one who killed the children at Sandy Hook. I mean, this guy is unfreaking hinged. I don't know how he's still on the streets. He's dangerous. Yeah. He is dangerous. His wife said that he tones himself down to go on his show. Have yeah. you heard that? I'm like, how can that be toned? What? Is he like literally the Tasmanian devil? I mean, how can that be toned down? I don't know how he has not given himself an aneurysm on his show. I mean, he looks like his head is about to just explode yeah. all the time. His face is purple. It is unreal. But, you know, just the comeuppance of you cannot treat people like this. You cannot behave like this and get away with it is what we need a whole lot more of. But it's pretty amazing. She doesn't, Amy, they're in the process of getting divorced. Yeah, she's super done with him. Um, but she did for quite a while. Mm-hmm. She did. But um, at any, yeah, he's in court for every reason right now. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. hates Alex. Everyone. Mm-hmm. With good reason. So that's some other good news. I it is interesting, though, to read comments on the articles about this and see people defending him and defending his First Amendment rights to say whatever he wants. Yeah. Really interesting. Well, here's the reality. You can say whatever you want, but that does not protect you from consequences for your actions. The First Amendment protects us from persecution from the government for speaking out against the government. That's what the First Amendment says about free speech. It does not say you can say whatever you want, whenever you want, with no con- with no consequences. Like, I really think that a lot of people have never read the Constitution. Get the app. You can put it on your phone. I have it. You know, it's just insane to think that he thinks that that kind of horrendous stuff that he's done is protected it's not it's not nope so yay we love this for him yes love yes, it we do. so much <laughs> right yeah she's probably divorcing him to protect her from that debt geez yeah. i would be get away no from kidding. that yikes well i've been chuckling about this all afternoon yeah. it's made a sick girl's day a little brighter so thanks mm-hmm. alex yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we have quite a bit of good news. We have some good local news. Yes. In 2014, in Twin Falls, Idaho, which is um, just uh, 
a couple hours from here. A woman, a woman's body was found. Um, the, the, the thinking was that she jumped off a bridge. But she was a straight up Jane Doe and has been since 2014. And Twin is a little town. And this was really um, devastating to the um, coroner's office and the sheriff's office and all the people that worked on that case. They just were heartbroken that they could not find out who she was, you know, and they had called it a suicide a long time ago, but they could never identify her, return her body to her family, you know, like let them know where, um, you know, they could find her. Like it just, it was really, really sad. And they have just identified her, which I think is really cool. And of course, what did they do? They, it was DNA. It was a DNA thing. One of those great um, DNA profiling genetic genealogy uh, deals like we've been talking about tons lately that finally identified her. Her name is Cynthia Gunnerson, otherwise known as Sh Sasha Urgatig um, from San Diego. So that's one reason why we were never able to identify her here is because she wasn't here from here. So her family has now been notified um, and they are very relieved to know, you know, what happened to her. And, you know, I, she's buried in twin. And I don't know if they'll move her or not. But finally, Cynthia has a name. Yeah. And that's this is a, her headstone. Yeah. Um, they, the people who found her in the uh, sheriff's office and whatnot, they had a funeral for her that they all attended and yeah. were just extremely respectful and sweet. I remember this like it was yesterday. I do too. It was really heartbreaking. Will you yeah. put that picture up again? Let's read what the headstone says. Yeah. It says, unknown to us, known only to God, found September 9th, 2014, Snake River. May she rest in peace. So they had a little funeral, buried her, gave her a headstone, and then have been trying ever since then to figure out who she is. So it's a big win for, you know, we're, I mean, we're two hours from there, but you, you got to understand that in Idaho, in our part of Idaho, our communities are all connected. You know, you, everybody, I mean, I know people who live in Twin, people who live in Twin know people who live here. Like there's, it's not like we're all just little individual communities. This whole swath of Southeastern Idaho, I think, you know, we all kind of see ourselves as all part of the same community. And, and this has, was a very sad thing. And I just, I'm very happy for uh, the first responders and everybody that were involved in her case that they finally can give her a name. Yeah. And a face because all they had was her body. And of course so it was our heroes at Othram Lab. Yep. These labs are just blowing it out of the park. They are. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Well, Katie, I know you have quite a story um, involving voter fraud for us. I do. You know, there's been so much fraud lately and it just, it needs to be addressed. I mean, first of all, 
there was the whole chess butt plug cheating incident. <laughs> rocked yeah. all of our worlds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then there were the fishing competition cheaters who loaded their fish up with weights. <laughs> what? <laughs> and now what was that? Oh. It gets worse. It's been fat bear week in Alaska. And the front runner, I have a picture of him for you. He's bear 747. <laughs> Definitely to be confused with the 747. Yes. Here he is. Holy shit. <laughs> this strapping gentleman right here. Well, he was winning Fat Bear Week by a stretch, mm -hmm. a big stretch. And on Sunday night, a bear named 435, whose name is Holly, overcame a 6,000 vote deficit to take the lead. So here's what happened. Someone digitally stuffed the ballot box and tried to cheat so that Holly would win. Now, I don't know who Holly's people are. Right? Who are Holly's people? But come on, man. <laughs> anyway, so 747 almost didn't win the Fat Bear competition, of which he absolutely deserved to win. He's eaten more salmon than anybody. He's packing that girth around. It should be good for something. Well, he weighs 1,400 so, pounds, for Christ's sake. Some bitch-ass Holly tries to take the lead and win what? from cheating. And she didn't weigh as much as him either. No. no, not even close. I mean, come on, look at this. Yeah, look at 747. Nobody's going to be fatter than that, right? This is how you properly get ready for an Alaskan winter. This is way bigger than Hank the Tank in California. Mm -hmm. Like three times the size of him. Yeah. So all is well. They discovered that there had been cheating and they fixed it. And 747 got his trophy. Happy to hear it. Just happy to hear it. Just disgusted. <laughs> yeah. Right, Fran? <laughs> Look at his rolls. Oh, my God, that is a huge bear. I mean, what kind of a den does 747 sleep in? Somebody's garage? I mean. Yeah, I, I think it would have to be about that big. <laughs> Lady Francis says he looks like her corgi. <laughs> I've seen some corgis that look like that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Honestly, he looks a bit like my pigs. I, I'm sad to say that I showed up here tonight without pictures because I should have. In the time I've been sick, they have both blown their coats. Oh, have they? Because <laughs> what we needed was a lot of pig hair around this house. Right. And Fiona is like naked, naked. <laughs> it's hilarious. She looked really ratchet last week, all patchy and gross. And now she's just baby's bottom naked, just rocking it. <laughs> I rubbed some hemp oil on her skin today because it looks really dry. But anyway, I'll try and get pictures for Psychic Hour because they are hilarious. She Please. is hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, oh, by the way, uh, let's talk about the police, 
the police in uh, Uvalde, the Uvalde School District police, you know, all this Uvalde stuff has taken way longer than it should have. But they have now suspended the entire police department. Now, why police is that? department? Yeah. Yes. Police Good idea. Whatever they were standing there with Nerf guns, I don't know, had yep. earplugs in the whole time, uh, noise-canceling yeah. headphones, I don't know. But I'm happy to hear it. That kind so good, you can't hear children shriek. Yeah. Yeah, or gunfire. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think a single one of those people should ever be a police officer again. The fact that they stood there and listened while all of those children were shot and they could have just busted through that door, how their own morality and, and protection of children and protection of, of vulnerable people didn't take over from our boss didn't tell us to, I will never understand that ever. I mean, there is a point in which you have to do what's right, whether there are consequences or not, and none of them did it, not one. It's horrifying. None of those people should ever work in law enforcement again. They are clearly not the right people to be protecting children. That was their whole job. So slowly, very slowly, things continue to be happening in yes. that case. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Speaking oh, of things. Oh, oh, go ahead. Speaking of things happening slowly. Let's talk about Nick Alaverde and Katie. Oh, for the love of God. All right. Well, you all know who Nick is, probably. And Utah is just chomping at the bit to extradite him from Scotland because mm -hmm. they've got three rape charges hot and fresh out of the kitchen for him. And he's not faring whale. Whale. Wow. <laughs> Nothing responds correctly right now. <laughs> really. He's not responding well to being in jail in Edinburgh. And yeah. he cried. Dear Nick cried. He cried on the stand last week and begged the judge to give him bail because he said he is dying of abuse and neglect in the jail. <laughs> and the judge is like, hmm, hmm. you know. Yeah. And oh well, uh, yeah, because so what? This is we're talking about the person who faked his own death and fled to Scotland right. and has been hiding there. Now they want him back in the US and he's dying. Only he's not dying, he's just a big marshmallow that doesn't want to be there, mm -hmm. and that's too damn bad. Yeah, but uh, he also said that his mental health is deteriorating. Oh, no. So bad that you won't be able to put a bunch of stupid shit on Twitter? Yeah. I don't know. Very sad, Nick. Very sad indeed. Mm -hmm. He said he's hallucinating. He said he's seeing things that he's never seen before. What, like the consequences of his own actions? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Utah, there are, there are financial crimes to charge him with, too, but... The rapes need to take priority. He needs to go to Utah and get his comeuppance for this. Well, part of his problem is not just because Scotland's not just going, now we're going to hold on to you for the U.S. until they can get through this process. 
He's also now been convicted there of uh, threatening some violence at the, on the hospital who turned him in. Right. You know, he just can't knock it the fuck off. So, mm. Nick, you've made your bed. Yeah. What can anyone do for you besides just hope you get back to the U.S. so that you can really stand accountable for everything that you've done? Yeah. But it really makes me laugh that he was sobbing on the stand, telling the judge, they're killing me in here. My Even my wife knows. <laughs> Last time you were your wife, Nick, so we don't know what's real. Yeah. Also, nobody cares, dude. <laughs> this nobody is like cares. Harvey Weinstein yesterday. Yeah. Pulling the whole, you know male equivalent of Ghislaine Maxwell and whining and crying that the <laughs> judges or the uh, the holding cell they have him in at the courts is in Los Angeles is nearly medieval in conditions. Nearly medieval. Oh. Well, if only you hadn't committed all those sexual assaults, Harvey, you'd never got <laughs> to know this. Like, weird. Weird. Give me a freaking break. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Gosh, we have, there's a lot going on. Do you want to tell us about Crumbly's? Speaking of whiners. <laughs> yeah. These people. Oh. You know, every time I uh, laugh, I, I cough. And a bunch of these guys have really, frankly, tried to kill me this afternoon. It's fine. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's one for the team I'm willing to take. Right. The Crumbly's. The Crumblies are mad because the prosecutor's being mean to them. <laughs> and they don't think that's fair. The prosecutor has been sending regular email updates to the victim's families about where the case is going and what's happening. You know, due to that being their job. Yeah. Well, some people who receive these emails have screenshot them and put them on Facebook. Their prerogative. Mm -hmm. and the Crumbly's attorneys don't like this and think that the uh, prosecutor needs to be held accountable for being unduly cruel and unfair to the Crumbly's. I mean, no. Also, no. the Crumbly's have decided they don't like being in jail and they'd like to go home now. Yeah, I bet the kids their son killed would like to go home now, too. Yeah. So you their know, bail... It's a gun they provided him. Yes. I mean, they could go home. They have bail. If they could make bail, they could go home. Unfortunately, it is $500,000 each. And their attorney has pointed out that neither of them have been able to work since November 30th of last year. You know, the day their son shot up a school. Yeah. And so they would really very much like for that bail to be reduced or uh, rescinded so that they can just go home because it's obvious it's going to take a little bit longer to get this through the courts and they're tired of waiting. So can we just go home now? <laughs> I Can you imagine no. what it must feel like to be the parents of the kids that were killed in that shooting to hear them say things like that? Mm-hmm. Like, give me a break. It is God. so ridiculous. It is. Yep. 
Now this I just have to direct quote because it's too funny. One message to the victims that has the defense riled up is the prosecution's claim that the Crumbleys have offered no proof that they were good parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because there isn't any. I mean, there's plenty of proof that they are horrendous parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> the prosecution team wants you to know that we have not seen any actual evidence to support the parents' claim and the defense has not provided any evidence to the court. <laughs> oh, man. Like, what a self-own there. Like, <laughs> why would you say something like that? That's so stupid. Like, wouldn't that be your job? Like, mm. <laughs> who are you supposed to start making shit up? I mean, how are you supposed to well, present them it. being good parents? Thus far, that's one of their biggest claims is that they are good parents, but they have provided provided absolutely no evidence to prove it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you Especially can't provide since what does not exist. Right, and you know, Exhibit A happens to be their son. Yeah, and that's not good for their team. So no, it is not. Also, they are not now, nor have they ever been a flight risk. <laughs> Except for that day when the shooting happened and they unloaded their son's bank account and ran. Except for that. And were found hiding in Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Very, very near the um, Idaho, Idaho, no, Michigan, Canada, <laughs> Michigan, Canadian border. Jesus. Yes. Not Idaho. I don't know where that came from. Oh, boy. Yep. So anyway, they'd like to go home now. This isn't fun anymore. <laughs> yep. I mean, and basically the prosecution's like, what do you want us to do? We have to update uh, our list. So their email list is, has 1,800 people on it because mm -hmm. there were a lot of victims that day. Yeah. And the prosecution or the defense says, no, there were four victims that day. Just the families of the four kids who were murdered are the only people who need to be receiving these updates and the prosecution's like not by a far stretch is mm -hmm. that even accurate every single but, person in that building was a victim that day yeah and their families yeah can you imagine living with that that even if your kid wasn't hurt that your kid was at school yeah. when a shooting happened i mean that's yeah. just that or all of the staff i mean there's yeah the uh the trauma from this is far reaching. So yeah. anyway, um, I'm guessing the judge is going to say no and shut the hell up, but we'll mm -hmm. see. That's what the judge has said to them every single time in mm -hmm. this case. Oh, let's see. I'm trying to get you through your list and then I'll talk about mine. Um, uh, Jalissa Fuentes. Jalissa, Jalissa has been found. Now, Jolissa is the girl that went missing in California about the same time that Keely Rodney or Kylie Rodney did. Yeah. And Adventures with Purpose had dredged two lakes looking for her, trying to help her family. The police chief finally found her by himself a couple of days ago. Um, it was a single car accident over the side of a cliff. Mm -hmm. It was right up in that area where they thought she was. 
-hmm. That's just a, such a dense area. So um, it looks like she died on impact and they don't suspect that there was any foul play, but her family can finally put this nightmare to bed and, and bury mm -hmm. their daughter. So very so sad. Tragic. I wish they would have gotten a better outcome, but at least they'll know what happened to her. Yeah. That is good. It's just. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. I can't imagine waiting. It's yeah. the waiting that I can't imagine. Yep. And speaking of, uh, let's talk about Dylan Rounds. So Dylan, there's a lot of. There's a lot of um, unrest going on between uh, Dylan's family and Box Elder County Sheriff because the rounds, Dylan's family feels like Box Elder County hasn't done shit for them. And that's because they haven't. And they waited forever to even see this as potentially a crime. But they've released some things. Um, when I spoke with Dylan's mom way back when this first happened, she had said that there were quite a few things that they knew that the police had asked them not to share. But I think they've pretty much had it with all of that now. So there's quite a list now of things that we do know. So I'm going to share those with you. Dylan's pistol was returned by an unknown person to his camp trailer on June 1st. So that was after he went missing. Uh, it was located in the bathroom uh, in a in a bathroom that had been cleaned. Therefore, there had been no gun there. So someone came into his house after he was missing and put a gun in his house. Um, there was no DNA found in or on Dylan's pickup. The grain truck, uh, the key fob for the pickup, um, or the pistol and clip. Obviously been, you know, wiped down, wore gloves. Dylan's phone was found on June 18th at Lucan Pond by Box Elder County Search and Rescue. So they do have his phone. I don't know what they have, what they know for sure is on it. Uh, James Brenner, who is the neighbor who was arrested for some weapons charges and who is the prime suspect in this case, um, has been attempting to call members of Dylan's family from jail which that's horrifying. And how is he getting away with that? Ugh. Brenner's DNA was found on Dylan's boots. The boots that were sort of behind this mound of dirt behind the shed where he parked the grain truck. Yeah. Um, Remember the boots, you know, yes. the evidence that was mishandled by the police. Yeah, it had one drop of blood. Those boots had one drop of blood on them. And they weren't hand they they weren't even handled properly. But Brenner's DNA is on those boots. They do have phone pings for Robert Avilas and Chase Ven Venstra, which were two people that had um, potentially been suspects at the beginning, um, that placed them very far away from when from where he went missing on May twenty eighth. It totally exonerates them. On June 5th, um, James Brenner did some spring cleaning in his shed. Um, Box Elder County Sheriff's Office watched him remove four to five garbage bags of potential evidence and just let him throw them away. 
when Box Elder County Sheriff's Office allowed the family to take Dylan's pickup and drive it. They lost any data that could have been helpful to them that might have been stored in the truck's computer system because it only recorded and saved for the last 100 miles. So that should have been reviewed prior to letting anyone drive it. Um, evidence was present that James Brenner walked his horse from the shed property to the railroad tracks during the time period that Dylan went missing. And then his horse went one direction and he went the other. Which is really weird. That's really weird to me. Why I'm, not not sure, I'm not sure why that would be. But these are things that the family has known, but um, have been asked, you know, not to say. And the family's had it with this shit. They're asking. Yeah. They've asked the feds to get involved. They're asking for someone else to please come investigate his disappearance because Box Elder has messed this up so much that they just don't feel like they're ever going to you know, solve it. They're never going to end that. They're never, their relationship with the, with that police department is. Irreparably damaged. Yeah. 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 There's no trust there at all. No. So that's awful. Um, the diesel brothers last week did a huge drone flyover of this whole area of like that 600 mile, you know, 600 mile radius area. Um, and so that's being evaluated right now. So there's still stuff happening. There's still searches happening. There's, you know, there are still people helping them, but it's not really the police, unfortunately. So, and, you know, this is hard because, uh, Candace, Dylan's mom had told me when I talked to her that she knew he was dead. She knew then clear back then when they first discovered he was missing. You know, they just want to find his body. They want to know who did this. That's what they're looking for. They know they're not looking for a living person at this point. They're no, just, but they want justice. They want justice. And, and they do. doesn't Box Elder Sheriff's Office want justice too? Do they really want a murderer living in their county? Like, come on. Yeah, Brandy, you're right. Box Elder does need a new police department too. Yeah, it is bullshit. And it is, it's awful what the what these people have been through, just trying to beg for help to find their son. I mean, it's just gross. And it's not like these guys have a pile of murders on their desk. They don't. Uh, no. This is extremely rural Utah. And that's mm -hmm. probably part of the problem. And you know, it's it's the kind of problem that we run into here too, in these really big square miles wise counties that have very small populations, very small police departments, not super well-trained, um, any, you know, not super well-trained people, you know, they're, it's not like they're attracting like super hooty officers because it's, it's a low crime area. Um, but then when these big things happen, they really do not know what they're doing. It's really unfortunate. No, and apparently don't have the uh, humility to know that and get correct help. Right. That's the thing. They should have been asking for help for day, from day one on this one, and they haven't. Uh, why is the Diesel Brothers video only being looked at now? That was done right at the beginning. They've done it again. This is a new 
this is a new pass. Um, well, it's a drone that was loaned to Dylan's family by EcuSearch. Yes. And then normally they others. loan to the police. The police yeah. usually request this drone yep. and they loan it to them. But the Box Elder Police Department didn't want anything to, or Sheriff's Department wanted nothing to do with it. I highly doubt they have a trained drone operator. I bet they yeah. don't. So Diesel Brothers stepped in and, and ran the drone. So this is new yeah. footage, Brandy, um, with this, I don't know, something about this drone makes it super good. And, you know, might it might pick up things that other drones didn't. Um, but all of that footage is is being kept private. They're not releasing any of it. So you won't see it on Diesel Brothers YouTube channel or anything there. It, it is to be hung on to in case it is, in fact, evidence. Yeah. Yeah, the EquiSearch drone. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's supposed to be a good thing, but we don't know yet what has happened um, with that. But my heart just really goes out to Dylan's parents and everybody trying to find him because yeah. they do really feel pretty alone in this. Alone in the realm of law enforcement. Now, in the realm of searchers and helpers and people involved, no. They have huge support. Mm-hmm. And the Diesel Brothers have been there with him from day one. They have. And their group for Dylan has 27,000 people in it. So yeah. they do have a great deal of support. It's just not coming from law enforcement. And when somebody's missing and probably murdered, yep. um, y- you need police. Yep. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that because, you know, always hoping that we're going to get some better, some better news. Yeah. Also, today is the birthday of the Charlie Project. Yeah. Yeah. The Charlie Project, which uh, it's a, it's a, like a clearinghouse of missing persons information. It started uh, 18 years ago. And um, it's certainly one that we we go to when we're working on a missing persons case because they they post a lot of information. Often they have information nobody else has um, that's very helpful. So I just want to you know support and celebrate the Charlie Project because it is it's entirely self funded kind of deal. You know, yep. this is just one person who decided they could do something to help missing people, and that person was 19 when they found that site. Yeah. Megan. That site. Yep. It's pretty amazing. I think it's quite amazing. Oh boy. Let's talk about uh, Cleotha Henderson. <laughs> Gross. This guy is the worst. So you know who he is. He is the person who is charged with the kidnapping rape and murder of, why can't I say her name? Uh, <laughs> Katie, can you help me? Eliza Fletcher. Eliza Fletcher. Jesus. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I can, we just have to remember so many different names <laughs> that I lose them sometimes. Eliza yeah. Fletcher, of course. So, um, you know, Cleotha had done 20 years in prison for a kidnapping and while he was in prison he had 53 infractions 
and 19 indecent exposure violations while he was in prison. And they let him out. And two years later, this is what happens. It's really scary to me that those, that behavior couldn't have, he couldn't have been charged with those things or, you know, somehow evaluated that this is probably a person who is not safe to be on the street. Uh, there are a lot of people really questioning, you know, why was this guy out to begin with? And of course, you know, there are limitations in the justice system. You know, somebody serves their whole time. There's not much you can do, but I'm not sure if he committed that many um, indecent exposures in prison. He can be charged for things that he did in prison. Why didn't they? Exactly. Why, Why wasn't there more accountability for the crimes he committed in, in prison? Right. Why not charge him and start looking at him as a sex offender? Duh. Uh, there are, you know, a lot of questions around um, how things could have been handled differently if Eliza Fletcher would still be alive. And that's a hard thing to say. And I think it's unfair to put the blame for something that um, someone else did, you know, that you, you can't know. But if you are working in the prison system and an expert in these things, maybe he should have been looked at a bit differently. Yes, Cassie Carley. So Cassie Carley, um, her autopsy has come back undetermined. Uh, the coroner has been unable to determine her cause of death. Now, that does not mean that it's not homicide. Undetermined still means it could be anything. Because, um, oh, what's his name? The guy that's charged with her murder? I just read it earlier. Um, I can't was, help this time. I don't know. <laughs> I cannot think of it. Anyway, um, her his trial is about to start. And so there's the con people have got concerns about, I'm going to look it up right now while I'm talking because I just, oh, it's hard to remember all the names, you know. But uh, there's concern about that, that her, her um, autopsy, has not been determined to be a murder. However, also not, not a murder. So we'll see how that affects um, the trial. Should be very interesting. Her Oh, oh yes, her ex-boyfriend, Marcus Spanavelo. That's who is about to go on trial for her death. So we'll see how that goes. It should be interesting with no uh, for sure cause of death. I can only imagine how that must have felt to the prosecutor to get that news and to her family. Yeah, not good. But not the, good. the coroner said, you know, you got to remember that undetermined does not mean not homicide. It means undetermined. This person was killed. We, you know, it died. We don't know how. It doesn't mean it wasn't homicide. And there's quite a bit of other evidence against Marcus Spanavelo. And so, fingers crossed. Um, the Wagner trial um, rages on in the Pike County massacre. I haven't 
followed it really closely. I know that there's been a lot of this trial is really painful. This is the first time that these murders have actually seen a jury. And so there's a lot of information coming out still that is painful and difficult. But, um, you know, fingers crossed, they're going to be able to keep uh, old, keep the dad and the son that's on trial right now. I mean, family members have turned on them. So it is likely that that George will go to prison, but it's, I don't know. I know it's a really painful one, um, for the community and I'm sorry, I don't know more about it. It's just it's so hard to keep track of so many trials and this one is huge and really explosive. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I read a lot about it, but it, I don't have as much of it in my head as I do some of these others. Well, and it's it, these ones that take so long, there's just a little bit that happens every day. It, it's hard. It is. Um, versus uh, our old uh, not friend of the show, Billy Shamirmir. <laughs> yeah. Who <laughs> was very rapidly convicted of first degree murder in his second case. Yeah. Um, officials are saying they're not going to go forward. They're not going to charge him with any more. That they think that having two is enough to keep him in, in prison for life. And these were the two best these two cases that he's been convicted on are the ones that they had the most evidence for and they don't really think that they can convict him on anymore but he has now two uh life sentences in texas and i know that not all the families are pleased about that because there are a lot of family members that feel like they have not had justice for their particular family member but what we do know is that billy shmirmir is not getting out He's he's not going anywhere, and that's what's most important. Yeah, no, he is a hundred percent done. Yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, that jury was his trial was only less than a week, maybe just yeah. barely a week. The the other one was too the second time around after yeah. they had their hung jury and had to start again. Uh, he's getting convicted in just a few days because, I mean, it's not like it isn't obvious that he's done these murders, it, right? I mean, how robust of a defense can you give? Right. Particularly when he had their jewelry and had stole, stolen their jewelry and it could be traced back to him. And yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that he's going to be held for life. I do, you know, I empathize though with those family members that are like, but we never, yeah. Our, our family member never got their justice and it's true. And they should. It is sad. Mm -hmm. It is. But unfortunately, because he was identified so late in the game, um, there are a lot of these cases that there is absolutely no evidence left no. against him. Yeah. Well, I think that's everything. That's everything I can think of. I think it's think everything of... I had. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of stuff happening right now, of course. And... We're just going to continue to watch it and, um, oh, how did he ever get out? Oh, um, Cleotha, he served his whole sentence. That's how he got out. But I think, I think it's something we have to look at when people are committing sex offenses in prison. Why are they not getting challenged? Yep. Vallow hearing tomorrow. No, not, not Vallow hearing. Daybell hearing tomorrow. Daybell hearing. Vallow, so of course all suspended for now yep 
Well, and of course, I, I also, uh, uh, Laurie Hellis. Oh, yes. Will also be arguing uh, her, uh, I don't want to say case, but her request to the judge. Mm -hmm. We had every intention of attending this hearing, but uh, in light of the fact that there's no way I'd be allowed in the courtroom <laughs> with yeah. this nonsense going on, uh, we're not going to be going this time. No. But we will keep an eye out, of course, and uh, see what Nate has to say. We know that uh, East Idaho News and Company will be there. So mm -hmm. we'll be paying attention to what happened as much as you guys will or with, along with you guys. But uh, mm -hmm. we're not able to attend quite yet. No, we're not. And we'll we'll give an update and we'll, we'll give you some analysis about what it means. Um, Fran says, I heard tonight that the prosecution wants to stay on the whole trial. Well, yeah, see, that's, that's already talk. been... That's already been requested by both defendants. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the prosecutor's office has come back and said, yeah, we better just um, put the brakes on this until we can figure out what we're what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, but they still have to the judge has to look again at severing the trials and they cannot um, set a new trial date anyway until they decide if these trials are going to happen together or apart. Yeah. So they're going to be talking about that tomorrow and we'll see what happens if they're going to, you know, split these, split these two up. I know that they have not wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure they have a choice at this point. Yeah. Because, well, but I, you know, I mean, I guess that's a little bit cart before the horse because what's happening right now is that the Lori's defense team has, has permission to have her evaluated again. So we're going to see that happen. The defense will have her evaluated. Prosecution will have her evaluated. They'll have a hearing. Pretty likely that hearing is going to say she's got to go back into the hospital. And if that happens, then, you know, the, that gives the judge some something to work from as far as what to do here. Uh, John Pryor is asking for um, Chad to have his own trial in October of 2023. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame Pryor at this point to be ready mm -hmm. to get this show on the road, except for he still needs another year. What the hell has he been doing all this time? Well, especially because initially when they were arguing over trial dates, he wanted October of 2022, which is yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, I don't know what to say about Pryor at this point, except for that I think he just doesn't have a case and. Yeah is just delay, stretching delay, it out. delay. Yeah. yeah but except that the case clearly he has said he plans to bring in prior bad acts on Lori's part and on Lori's brother so this is going to be a blame Lori and alex uh situation and he wants to do that in a trial that is not joined so we're gonna see he's been saying all along that uh joining is you know going to be pre prejudicial to his defense he's been mm -hmm. saying it over and over and the judge is like yeah but i still want to you know mm -hmm. the, the the expense and the impact on the communities is is a huge part of this mm -hmm. um oh smiling says i just worry she'll be able to claim she didn't get her speedy trial no she won't what what happened is that they they have stopped basically stopped time on her trial 
So by suspending it, um, they any of the deadlines that are important, like the speedy trial deadline, that those don't apply because it is suspended. Um, you know, I mean, she's just going to go sit in the hospital for a while again. And, you know, one of the things that my wife, who is a mental health professional, pointed out is that she was probably being medicated in the hospital and um, may not be force medicated in jail because a lot of the medications that they would use to treat her are likely injections and they do injections in the hospital. They do not do injections in the jail. So she would be on pills. She could be refusing them. She could be cheeking them, which means sticking them in the side of your cheek to avoid swallowing and then spit them out later. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that can happen. Yeah. But she thinks that maybe she's, um, you know, kind of had a backslide because she may not be getting the medication that she needs to get. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we know. We will come back with more as we know it. Yeah, Colleen, I'm just had enough of her bullshit, right? <laughs> Everyone has. Everyone has. You know, she's not going to get away with it. Idaho doesn't have an insanity plea. She cannot get off based on her mental health. No. Um, they'll just keep trying this until they get to a point where she can be tried. Yep. They'll just keep going back and forth. It's just how this works. And some people are restored immediately and others aren't. And if they're, yep. if she's unrestorable, then there's a whole other process that they go through with her. Yep. So she's not going anywhere, but yep. you know, I think everybody would like some justice, some finality in this situation. We're nowhere near getting it. So, well, the poor Woodcocks are just begging for the kids' bodies yeah, so that yeah. they can just bury them. Yeah. 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 And they're not even ready for that. Yeah. I don't know if they'll get them back till after trial. Good question, Paula. Point. Could she have to serve her sentence in a hospital? It's possible. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Um, but first, yeah, she's stuck. She's not getting out of this. This, this being mentally ill is not going to keep her from um, consequences. It, it isn't. And they'll keep working on her. I think having Mark Means out of her life is really good. And I think she's probably had a backslide with him gone. But over time, uh, he's allowed a lot of her manipulative bullshit. And these current attorneys are not playing those games. And so some of this, I think, is probably in response to losing his him as an attorney and having to take this whole situation much more seriously. So that's just yeah. my two cents. No. Well, we haven't heard a single thing about either of these attorneys being her blue-eyed angel babies or anything. We sure haven't. Yeah, Jessica, this is Chad's chance to turn on her, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. Do we think Chad will get off if they separate trials? No. No. Neither, neither of them are getting off. There's so much evidence against them. So much evidence. And those kids were buried in his backyard. You know, no, it's their thank you, Phil. It is their uh, it's their arrogance that sunk them, you know. Mm -hmm. It is, it is absolutely their arrogance that sunk them. They thought they could do this, they thought yeah. they would get away with it while burying the children's bodies in there in his backyard. I mean, it, it, no, yep. no, no. <laughs> 
Randy said Mark fell for the golden vagina. He really did. <laughs> oh, he, he definitely did. Yeah. But, you know, her current attorneys are not. So. No. They're no. not. But we'll continue to watch and update you and give you our analysis of what we think, you know, whatever comes out of tomorrow's hearing, which we probably won't have a ruling tomorrow anyway. On yeah. uh, Lori Hillis, we will, I'm sure. But on the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the new Tim case. It is so creepy. Oof. Yes. Timothy Hazlitt. We'll keep updating that too. I've talked yeah. about him in two episodes this week. So we'll, lots we'll of info coming out. Yep. We'll yeah. keep watching that one. It's Most so definitely. creepy and terrible. Oh, it's awful. God. Yes, it is. But One point I think... on that case, mm. I was thinking about how that girl had been missing for over a month. Yes. And and of course, her life is destroyed. I mean, she'll she, she at least still has life, but yeah, it'll take a lot, you know, to rebound from this. But I wonder when that happened, how many other families look at it with some kind of hope that just maybe their person is still out there somewhere, you know, yeah, locked in a basement somewhere or something. I mean, I don't yeah, know if it feels terrible. better or worse to think that that could be the case with your loved one, you know, yeah. that's missing. But it's so rare that we actually see someone recovered alive. It is. I've been thinking a lot about other victim families and how this must feel to them. Yeah, no kidding. Wondering if their loved one is locked in somebody's basement. Oh, that's a terrible, terrible thought. Yeah. Um. Donna, we do believe that she was in uh, Blackfoot South, which is the state hospital here, just 25 miles from me. Um, although, you know, the, the Department of Health and Welfare will not release that information. But that is where the adult unit is. And that is where the, um, like, criminal unit is. So yeah. I'm quite sure that that's where she was held. There's only, there are only two adult state hospitals in Idaho. And the other one is in Orofino, which is way in northern Idaho, really long ways from here. Uh, so we do think that she was here in Blackfoot. Yeah. All right. Well, that is everything we have for you tonight. So we did have uh, three awesome episodes this week. So make sure you check those out. We will be um, back next week with all our usual uh, content. We'll, of course, have the Psychic Hour tomorrow night um, for those of you who are subscribers to our uh, YouTube subscription or over on Patreon, you'll get that. And we will be live. <laughs> I know we had some problems. The uh, Psychic Hour did not play last week. I recorded it and then it didn't air. So I did get it posted in both places where it can be watched if you are a subscriber. Sorry about that. We I still don't know why it didn't. <laughs> Very weird. Um, but we will be back with that. And then next week we'll be back with everything else. So don't yep. forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share, because that certainly helps us to grow and do what, um, you know, we love to do. Phil, I, I think it's very possible that there might be human remains in those blue barrels in, in relation to the Timothy Hazlitt case. That's very yep. disturbing. That's very concerning to me. Yep. yep. But agreed. Yeah. So we'll keep watching that and you'll see uh, more updates on that case as we have them. So yep. you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks, guys.